Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. So pumped about this series that we've been doing the last few weeks called All In. So everybody with all that you got today, just like you saw the kids on the screen, on the count of three, we're going to say, I'm all in. All right, you ready? One, two, three. I'm all in. All right, you sound like you're halfway in today, but that's okay. Some of you are wondering about all this stuff that's back here behind me, and we'll get to that in just a minute. But man, in this series, we've been talking about what it means to be all in. In fact, this is more than just a series. Like, this is a way of life for us here at LifeGate, that we are a people who are all in. It's one of our core values that we say, hey, we're all in in our worship. We're all in in our serving. We're all in in our relationships. We're all in in our giving. We're all in in every area of our lives. We're the people of God who say, God, I am all in to do and be everything that you want me to be. And these guys are all in also. Come on, have me give it up for the production team. They're awesome. And just to be a people who say, you know, God, everything that I have is, is yours. And, and we live this way every day of our lives. But then also once a year, we kind of do this series to just say, hey, what does it look like in this season of our church to be all in towards the vision of what God has called us to do as a church? And so we talk about that every year as we end one year and we start moving into the next year. And I believe God's got some great things in store for us as we get ready to close out 2021 and move into 2022. In fact, this year, the theme for our all-in series and campaign is this, is that we are all in for the future. So everybody say, for the future. For the future, that we're going to say, hey, we don't want our memories to be greater than our dreams. We believe that God still has even greater things in store for us as a church, for every family, for every person who is a part of LifeGate, that God is at work to take us into greater things into the future. And we've really been specifically talking about this idea of being all in, not just for the future, but for the future generations, for the next Generation. In fact, we had this kind of this kind of funny thought that is like this: Hey, 2050 is is a lot closer than you think, right? I mean, you think about hey, it seems like a long way away, but when you think about it, 20, 25, 30 years from now, guess who it is? It's going to be the pastors and the leaders of the church, right? It's going to be the kids that are five, six, seven years old right now. And so here's the thing: we can't wait till they're 30 years old to start training them up. We got to start right. Right now, everybody say right now, right now saying, hey, we're all in to invest everything that we have into the next generation because it's all about the future. It's all about what God wants to do, not just here and now, but what God wants to do in the future in us as a church. And so we've had kind of these three things that are kind of the core kind of leading us through this series. And that is this, if we're going to be all in for the next generation, then the first thing we got to do is we got to have an example that is authentic. And remember we talked about, hey, we need moms and dads. We need examples. We need, we need people who will serve and lead. We need pastors and leaders who will set the example for the next generation that we would say, hey, before we try to impress these things upon our children, like Deuteronomy 6 says, we're going to have these things in our hearts first, right? And so we're going to get them in us so that we can impress them in the next generation. So we're going to have an example that's authentic. And then we're going to have not just an example that's authentic, but we're going to have a church 
church that's strategic. Everybody say strategic. Strategic that as a church, here's our goal is that we want to partner together with families. We want to partner together with moms and dads to say, hey, how can we help you to raise up your children to know, to serve, to love the Lord with all their heart, with everything that we have? In fact, that is happening right now. In fact, I love the story that I heard even just this last week of one of the families in the church who gave kind of a, a testimony that said, hey, I love what's happening with my kids in uh, Life Kids that right now in Life Kids. They're actually doing a, uh, a series on prayer and they're teaching them about the Lord's prayer and how to pray. And so one of the families in the church told us this last week, they said, hey, our kids are not just learning the Lord's prayer, but every night, like they're asking us, mom, dad, let's pray together. And then they're teaching us, this is how you pray. You don't just quote the Lord's prayer, our father in heaven or whatever, but this is an example for us how to pray and they're doing it together. Come on, that's what we're talking about, right? That we would be a church that's strategic to partner together with families, with moms and dads to raise up their children. And then finally, that we got to have an experience that's dynamic. Like these kids are growing up these days with iPads and virtual reality and all the different things. And so we want to have a place. We want to have an experience or like a like a kind of an environment where when the kids come in, they're like, wow, and they want to learn. And it speaks to the whole family that, man, kids matter to us around here. And so our goal for all in in 2021, moving into 2022, is to completely reimagine Imagine and redesign what our kids' areas will look like right here at the church. In fact, I showed you a video and some pictures. They can sort of scroll those pictures up there a little bit, what our, what our check-in area would look like and what our kids' areas can look like as we create a space that's dynamic for our kids. And so here's what we're asking everybody to do in the All In series is just be praying about, thinking about those of you that are, that are really invested here at the church, what could you give? How could you invest towards this? project to say, hey, we're all in to disciple and train up the next generation in the things and in the ways of God. In fact, next week, everybody say next week. Next week, we're going to give you an opportunity to make your all-in commitments and say, hey, this is what God is asking us to do. And then as we get into December, we're actually going to give you an opportunity to give an end-of-the-year offering towards this incredible project. As we're just a people who say, hey, all that we have, we want to be invested in the future for the future generations. Come on now, how many are all-in with me on that, right? I'm all-in. We're all-in about this thing. In fact, today, what I thought we would do is something a little bit different. In fact, that's what all this stuff behind me is about. And, and I've been preaching sermons to you about why we need to invest in the next generation and what that might look like and why that's important. But today, I thought we'd do a, a little bit different than just giving you a sermon about why this is important. I thought we would share with you an example of why this is important. In fact, I thought we would just show you some stories maybe even show you an illustration of what might can happen when people go all in to invest in the next generation. In fact, we just celebrated as a church that LifeGate is 15 years old and God has done some incredible things in the last 15 years, right? And in those 15 years, the kids that were five, six, seven, eight years old 15 years ago are now kids that are 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 
beginning in their adult life and God is using them in incredible ways. And so what I wanted to show you today is just a picture of what can happen, of what has happened here at LifeGate already because some people 13, 14, 15 years ago decided to go all in for those five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids who are now young adults and God is using them in powerful ways. So I invited some of my favorite people, some of my best friends and some of our most incredible students and then my daughters as well to be part of that today. (laughs) Amen. Come on, right? And so I want you to give the biggest LifeGate welcome to our incredible Next Generation panel today. Come on. Give it up as they come. Come on. Isn't this a good looking group? There are so many of them that we can't even fit them up here on this stage. Let me just, hey, while they're getting situated, let me just introduce everyone to you. And I'm just telling you, these guys, they are my friends. And I'm so proud of these young adults that are here today. And so I just wanted to introduce them just real quick. We'll just kind of run through. First of all, we have Chris and Kathy Carver. Come on. Chris and Kathy have been attending LifeGate for 12 years now, almost 13 years now. They have been putting up with me for 13 years. That's pretty awesome. And then right by them, we have Adrian and Nestor Trevino. Adrian and Nesta attended LifeGate for several years until several years ago they got outside of the will of God and they moved to the Houston area. No, I'm just kidding about that. But they live in the Houston area now. Some of our, some of our dearest, dearest friends. And then we have Chris and Kathy's son, Jacob. Everybody give it up for Jacob. Jacob is studying environmental science at Texas A&M University. And they had a big win yesterday too. Come on, go Aggies. I can't believe I just said that out loud. All right. And then we have Zoe Boydston. Zoe, yeah. Zoe is training at Southwestern Assembly of God University to become a children's pastor. Come on, that's so awesome. And then next to Zoe, we have Zachary Boydston. Zachary and Zoe both grew up here at LifeGate. And uh, Zachary is a senior at Joshua High School and also a leader at Joshua Young Life. And so very proud of him. And then we have my daughters, Briley Benson. And Briley uh, has been here all 15 years. And whether she wanted to or not, she has. And she's a freshman here at Hill College. And uh, she's one of our worship leaders here at LifeGate. And then my daughter, Addie Benson, who is a senior. Yeah at Joshua High School and a worship leader here at LifeGate. And then we have Jaden Like, who is a LifeGate Church intern, as well as one of our leaders. She was leading worship this morning, did a fantastic job. And so some of you are going, well, what is this all about? Like, why did I invite these specific people? Oh, did I miss on oh, Taylor Trevino. How did I miss Taylor? He's not in my notes. Oh, Taylor. I knew you were going to be here. Anyway, hey. Taylor Trevino grew up at LifeGate as well, and now he is a youth pastor in San Antonio, doing an awesome job. 
That dude right there can play any instrument that you can even imagine. I'm so proud of him. It's so, so cool. So some of you are wondering, like, what is this all about? Why do I have these specific people that are here today? And the reason is, is because the Carvers and the Trevinos made an investment, like not just like, like serving on a Sunday once a month in Life Kids, but made some major investments into these kids that are here today as well as some other kids that weren't, aren't, weren't able to be here. We couldn't fit them up here today. But, but I, I just want to tell you a couple of stories and then ask them a couple of questions and, and, and maybe inspire some of you to just say, hey, maybe I could invest even more into discipling the next generation. And I want to start with the Carvers because you guys have been around here like, you know, for 13 years and you've been through all the stuff. And I remember back, I think it was about 2009 or so, something like that. LifeGate was growing and uh, we were meeting over in the, where the next gen meets now, where the kids meet now, that was our main auditorium and, and we were growing. So we outgrew that. And so we had to actually go to two services for the first time. And when we went to two services, that was a great thing, except for there was one little problem that kind of came along with that having two services. And that was that some of the staff and some of the volunteers that were key volunteers that would come for both services. These guys actually called it double dipping. You know, they would double dip on Sundays. Well, they had kids that were five, six, seven, eight years old, things like that. And so what would happen was that because the volunteers and the staff were here, both services as well. Well, that meant the kids are here, both services. And that's not a big deal, except for that when you're six years old and you go to Life Kids and you learned the lesson in the first service, then you turn around and you're learning the exact same lesson with the same songs, the whole same thing in the second service as well. When you're seven and you already know the answers to all the questions, you already played the games. Come on, how many can see where this would be maybe a little bit of a problem, right? And so one day Chris and Kathy came to me and they said, Pastor, we want to be part of the solution. And so they came to my office and they said, hey, we're here every Sunday anyway. What if we decided to, to invest in these, in these kids, the ones that you're seeing up here? And so they started a special class on Sunday mornings during the second service that they called Second Story. And in that class, I mean, some of the, I, I, these guys are all smiling about it because <laughs> some of the most foundational things, pivotal things in these young people's lives happen in that story. So I just wanted to talk to Chris and Kathy about it and let you guys hear it for just a minute today. I mean, first of all, when you guys came to me, what what was it that was like on your heart? Just tell me kind of what you were thinking when God began to speak to you about that. Uh, like Chad said, just being a part of the solution, being, seeing a need, meeting that need, you know, loving on the pastoral staff and how could we be a better support for them and all these kids just, with, you know, of course our son was part of that group, but uh, just how we could be a better service to this body that we love so much. I love it. How about anything from you, Chris? Yeah. Do you want to turn it on? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try that again. Yeah. Is it still working? There we go. There we go. Okay. Try that again. Okay. Hi. Oh, there we go. Um, that we just wanted to be a service to this body that we were already invested in all the way. We took ownership from the very beginning and just wanted, you know, saw a need and wanted to meet that need. That's good. That's good. How about you, Chris? When we came to LifeGate, we, um, we decided we wanted to be more participatory, you know, and not just being someone that came to church, but was a part of the church. So yeah, I love we it. saw the need and stepped up. I love it. I love it. And, and so you guys, you know, you took this group 
And it wasn't just like, hey, we're gonna teach them again the same thing they learned in the first service. You had a little bit of a smaller group. And so you were able to kind of teach some even maybe go a little deeper or maybe some things that, that you wouldn't be able to do it in a larger setting. So talk about some of the things that you guys learned in that in the uh, second story class. So we, we started out by just taking the existing message uh, that was taught that Sunday and diving a little deeper, like how does this apply to your life? You know, a lot of them were in elementary school. What does this mean and how do you live this out? And then it just continued to grow. Um, They seemed more and more hungry, more challenges. So we dived into memorizing the books of the Bible, uh, of course, the Lord's Prayer, uh, the love chapter. It was amazing. So I'm seeing some are kind of giggling you guys back here about the books of the Bible. So uh, let me talk to you guys back here just a, a minute. Uh, first of all, I hear that there's a little bit of a debate over who won the prize or like who could do the books of the Bible the best. And I think it was between Zoe and Taylor. So talk to us about that real quick. So we had the challenge to memorize all the books of the Bible. And the rule was that you had to be at church and you had to just see them at church to say it. Okay. Put it, we have to put that out there. So anyway, we came, we, I don't even remember what the like prize was or whatever other than bragging rights, but we took it upon ourselves to memorize. Everyone else like learned a song and it was really fun, but I was determined to win. And so I went home and just memorized it like just right off like a sheet of paper and just like went word like book by book by book. And so the next Sunday... Taylor had done the same thing, and so I was so excited. I went to Kathy, and I said all the books of the Bible, and she said, actually, I'm sorry, but Taylor already won. I was like, what do you mean he already won? Like, that's not, a, that's not possible. He's not here today. They were going out of town, and so they called ahead to make sure that he would have the opportunity to share with them the books of the Bible, but... Obviously, 10 years later, I'm still upset about it yeah. because it's black and white and rules are rules. So. so I think, should we settle this right now? Like, I think we could have a books of the Bible contest. Come on. Here we so go, I just Taylor. want to say, it's not like there was a rule book or anything. <laughs> first of all. First of all. But yeah, so I mean, I, I guess me and Zoe did the same thing. I guess we memorized them like that same day that they gave us a challenge. Memorized all the books, and so as soon as I memorized it, I guess I knew I wasn't going to be there the next week, so I called them that day. I called them that same Sunday that they gave us a challenge. I told them the books of the Bible. And I don't know. That was it. And then who's, who's, who's to know, I guess, what, 10 years later almost? It's, this is like a thing? Okay. So, so let's hear the books of the Bible. Come on. Let's hear them. Okay. Am I going to go first? All right. So. <laughs> Old Testament. <laughs> We got Genesis. Okay, so Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Psalms, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd, Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1st and 2nd, Peter, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, John, Jude, Revelation. Oh, come on now. They all, yeah, they were all saying it up there, up here, as you can see. And I'll let, Zoe, we'll let you do it in the second service. All right. Okay. So, 
so let's talk about it. You guys were all in second story. What, what were some of the favorite parts about, about second story? What were some of the things that you, you loved the most about it? Zachary, anybody? I guess I'll yeah. go first. <laughs> okay, so I think one of the, like, the biggest things I learned and really, really loved was kind of learning how to include the things that we were learning on Sundays, but like with my friends. It was like normal to talk about like, like the Lord and, what, and, the, and the stories that we were learning and include spirituality with your friends. And that really transferred. I mean, I've been on missions trips with a lot of these people um, and they're still my friends and it's, it's just something that's so natural and so integrated because it was so built into me so young that it just became a part of how I live my life. That's good. Anybody else? Something you really loved about the second story? Um, one of my favorite things about second story is, I mean, uh, kind of like how they were talking about, we were already there all the time. Um, a lot of us were there Wednesdays and random uh, days throughout the week, so we like grew up together. Um, and it was really nice to be able to like step away from Life Kids where there's a big group and like just be with like your main people and like being able to dive deeper and really connect with each other as well as God. How about, how many of you are still, like, like what are some of the things that you learned in Second Story that maybe still are affecting you today or that you're still using today? Yeah, I think being in Second Story um, made me, developed in me the um, ability to want to go deeper and not be surface level. Like, when learning something and letting something hit my heart from the Lord, there's like no part of me that's like, okay, that's enough, you know? And I think that's a quality that I learned from Second Story that like we would learn a lesson and then in Second Story, it was like, this goes way deeper than what we just talked about. Like the Lord can do something and magnify it and really just like change your whole perspective and change your whole life. And so I think I just realized that I, I wanna go deeper with the Lord and there's no, like I didn't wanna be shallow at all. It's good, it's good. Chris, Kathy, you guys, like, I know you were teaching the class, but were there some things that you learned in the class too while you were teaching it? Absolutely. These, these <laughs> guys are, are challenging personally just because they, want, they wanted so much. They, they're the ones that pushed it to go beyond even what we set out to do because they were hungry to hear what God was saying to them. And um, it spurred on my own. I mean, I'm a longtime believer. I've grew up in church, been saved my entire life, but it, it challenged me to go and to refresh my walk with the Lord. That's good. Yeah. Good. What I learned was so much in my mind, you know, when, okay. you, when you're talking yeah. about that kind of stuff, it's, they, it, it was, it was challenging, but at the same time, so fulfilling. You don't know how much every Sunday I would raid the craft closet, trying to come up with something for them to do while we're, you know, the pre-activities, but then watching them grow. And as we showed up every day, you know, every Sunday, I think it was for three years. Um, and then seeing them grow, it, it was incredible. Yeah. You know, that was just, one of the things I was going to ask, like, what does it feel like now seeing seeing these kids that you poured into now flourishing and becoming young adults. How's that feel? It was incredible. We, we got to see them 
when they were, you know, little little tykes all the way up to missions trips and seeing how they flourished was really stirring in, in my heart. It's really good. How, how important do you think it is that you were there consistently, same person, same people, week in, week out? Talk to me about that. Yeah, con- consistency is key with, with kids in general and, and even just your personal relationships to be consistent and, and just show up and listen, you know, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think that was a huge key. I mean, I see all the kids nodding their heads. I say kids, they're young adults. I keep calling them kids, but you know, one more, one more thing for you guys. And then we'll talk to Trevino's a little bit too. Uh, If you had some advice for someone maybe who's here today or watching online that might feel called to be a mentor or to disciple the next generation, what, what advice would that be? Just, just do it. Um, God, God loves obedience. And sometimes you're not going to you're not going to feel completely qualified or you might not feel like that that's your thing. Um, but God's going to fill in all the rest of that when you step out in obedience. And, you know, Chad's message hasn't changed all these years as far as like taking ownership. This is not just the church you attend. This is your church. It's good. So good. And just to reiterate, um, come out of the stands, get on the field. We, we need you. And your life will be changed. It's good. Come on. Come on. Let's give the Carvers a hand. Now, now I got another story about Adrian and Nestor Trevino. I mean, these guys were some of our most amazing kids workers who were in Life Kids week after week. Pastor Amber was the kids pastor at that time. And uh, I'll never forget setting uh, down to lunch at, ta- at Taco Casa right over here. I mean, nothing but the best for our awesome volunteers, right? And so we're setting down at Taco Casa. And I know that you guys had kind of been going through some stuff. And, and we could tell you were tired. And I remember Amber looking across the table and saying, hey, are you guys tired? Like, do you need to take a break? And I remember thinking, no, don't say that. We can't afford to lose the Trevinos. They're some of our best volunteers. But at the time, it was the right thing that she said, hey, do y'all need to take a little break? And I remember you just being vulnerable and saying, yes, we need to take a little break. And so they took a little break from serving. And not very much longer after that, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months after that, I remember you coming to us and saying, hey, we're ready to get back in the game. We're rested and we're ready. We want to do something a little bit different than what we were doing before. And I said, all right, I'm all ears. What do you want to do? And they said, we want to start a music program for our kids, the kids that are in life kids. We want to teach them music. And so every, was it Thursday nights or Tuesday nights? One, one night small a week. Group night, yeah, uh, small group right, night. Yeah. During small group night. During small group. The kids would come up and some of these kids had no like musical experience at all and they would teach them how to play bass guitar or how to play drums or how to you know play keys and sing. They formed a little band and you're seeing the fruit of that because many of these uh, that are on the stage are now like worship leaders and musicians on worship teams and all that because some people had a heart to say, hey, every week I want to pour into these students. So talk to us a little bit, Adrian, Ernesto, whoever, like what was on your heart when we had that conversation? That, well, okay, so the kids, the boys, I mean, we both grew up in a, in a musical family for one, um, and the kids were at the age where they were starting to, you know, pick up on some of the stuff. I mean, the, the kids, they always lead you to... Uh, <laughs> And 
This is going to be tough because I mean, going back to uh, those times when you just tell Jesus yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, man. This is normal, by the way. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so don't, don't be alarmed. It's, uh, yeah. But, yeah, sometimes you just say yes. Well, the kids were... We're, we're starting the music, and, and we, we, of course, start checking out some different places because, you know, we never feel equipped enough to do things for our kids. And we, we went to, I remember checking out Rock Band, the music places, you know, the, the Rock Band uh, practice facilities, and going in there and taking the tour and stuff, and then hearing some of the examples on YouTube that these kids were growing up doing, and I was like, man, that is ridiculous, you know. Um, there's no, uh, there's nothing like this. We dropped the ball, you know. Uh, culture has dropped the ball on on what we're teaching these kids, especially you know when we know God is why we're here, and uh, it's just like something just clicked. It's like you know. Um, we, we, you know, we feel comfortable teaching our kids and getting them to play, you know, songs and, and copying songs and, and popular songs and stuff. And, and we have methods to help them do this. But this is, this is bigger than that. And, um, yeah, so we, we said yes. You know, we just said yes to um, what God was birthing in our hearts to do. And... And the whole thing with, with needing a break, we, we lived in Arlington, so um, it, it was more so just the, the time constraints. I mean, we, we would be, gosh, man, we would have been so blessed at the time coming here if we lived here in Burleson. But everything required an extra hour of thought because of the drive back and forth. And so I think that was more so the, the time issue or the, the tired issue was just the fact that we knew we weren't we weren't being as efficient and productive as we could i think because of the time that it took to go from one place to another and it kind of limited things and it was getting real stressful as to how we do what we want to do but yet you know yeah. at, a, at a good yeah. level you know and so that was more of the thing but man i remember when god put that in our heart and it was like man we're yeah let's do this we knew it was the thing to do yeah. you know so. i think and it just fit you yeah. guys' gifts and your personalities so perfectly. Nesta, that was a big commitment for you as well. What, what were you thinking during that time? Do you remember? Uh, well, it's just really important that the kids find a place to serve and, and be a part and feel like this is their church and have something to do and especially use their gifts for God. Like that's really, that was really important. I love it. How about you the guys that were in Life Kids Music? What was some of your, what was your favorite thing about Life Kids Music? Um, for me, like, I remember, I'm just, like, sitting here, like, remembering just all those, just all that time. And I remember coming on a Sunday morning, like, me and my dad were, when this used to be a stop, like, four-way stop instead of a roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we, like, got to the stop sign, looked at the church. I was, like, seven or eight. And I was, like, Dad, I really want to worship on stage one day. Like, I really want to lead worship. And... Like, that's the moment the Lord called me to be a worshiper. And then you guys coming in and teaching us how to be worshipers. Not even just the, the talent part of playing keys and where C is at on the keyboard and stuff like that. But 
you guys coming in and saying, this is what a worshiper is like, and this is how to be a worshiper. Like, that was my favorite part of every practice and every um, just rehearsal or time together is that you guys, like, set aside time to say, like, this is the heart behind it, and, like, this is what it's like to serve the Lord in this area. That's so good. Well, you know, I have a lot more questions, but I don't have a lot more time. And uh, I don't want to keep everybody. And we can talk more about this stuff at lunch today. But I do want to ask Adrian and Nessa one more question. Like if, if you had advice to give to someone who's sitting here today who's saying, man, I want to be involved in discipling the next generation, what would that advice be? Yeah. There you go. You know, and this is a great question because it's not, God never asked for our ability. It's our availability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Um, again, it's, it's just all about saying yes, you know, that's it. God supplies everything else. And he's always been faithful in everything that we've done. Um, and I, I definitely don't have the talent that my wife has or, or Taylor has, <laughs> you know, but it was the, the heart, the passion that God gave me um, to make something happen or to make something fun or to um just motivate you know and i think you know every single one of us is born unique with our own talent you might not know what it is because i never do um but god uses your ability i mean god gives you the ability i I know a pastor friend of mine told me or i heard him say um, you know, God didn't put something in your heart because you knew how to do it. He put it in your heart because he needed it done. Yeah, that's good. And so it's, um, man, again, I, I can't say it enough that you guys, everybody in this room, um, we're here with a purpose. And we say that to kids all the time, but it's you. Amen. It's every single one of us. And so... Again, we make it so clear to kids that your job is to say yes. Well, it's us too. You know, we don't feel comfortable doing stuff, but you got to do it anyway because it's the right thing to do. It's what God wants us to do. You know, um, again, never, never focus on your ability. God can go way beyond that. Um, it's not something that you ever feel ready for. It's just a matter of you saying yes and letting God take you where you will. Always, you know. That's good. Come on, can we give these guys a huge hand? I must say this. We are in huge debt to all of you for what you have done to invest in our kids and in my kids. And so much of the, what you see here, the people that are serving in our life kids and then worship team and things, uh, it's because of the investment that you have made. And so we're so thankful. In fact, this is what I like to do. I'm going to kind of throw a little curveball here today, but I'm going to ask everybody, uh, can we stand on our feet and can we just stretch our hand out towards, you guys can stay where you're at, but stretch our hands out towards these guys. I just want to pray over them. Father, in Jesus' name, God, we just thank you, Lord, for, God, for Adrian and Nesta and Chris and Kathy, for their investment that they made, Lord, years ago that maybe they just felt like was small seeds that were being planted, but now are becoming harvest. And so, God, we just pray, God, that you would return the investment back to them. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you would bless them in greater ways.
And God, I'm praying today, Lord, that today's message, although it's a little different than usual, God, that it would challenge someone and it would inspire someone to just simply say yes. God, that's the question. That's the answer. We, we sometimes we don't even know what the question is, but God, let there be a yes in our hearts today. And God, I pray for every person that's in this room today that as they're standing there, that there would be a yes in their hearts. And they would decide to say, God, whatever you're asking me to do, God, my answer is yes, I want to be obedient. And now with every head bowed and eyes closed in the room today, maybe some of you are here today and God is calling you. Maybe you don't have yet a relationship with Jesus. Here's the deal is that Jesus went all in for you before anybody else saw the potential in you. He saw so much potential in you that he gave his life died for you it's incredible that these people would see potential in these students and pour into them but even more incredible that Jesus would see such potential in us that he would give his life for us and maybe you're here today or maybe you're watching online and you're saying I know I'm not where I should be I'm not in a relationship with Jesus but today I want to receive what he has for me I want to begin a relationship with him today Pastor, I know I'm not where I should be with God, but I want you to pray with me today. If that's you, just all over this room, nobody's looking around, but if you're not where you need to be with God, can you slip up a hand? We want to pray with you today. I'm not where I should be with God. Thank you here in the front. Anybody else? But today I want to be right with God. Pastor, pray with me. Here's what I want us to do. Everybody praying today aloud and support those online as well. Dear Jesus, I come to you and I confess I am a sinner and I fall short, but I ask you today to forgive me of my sins. From this moment forward, I surrender my life to you. Be my savior and be my Lord in Jesus name. Amen. Come on. Can we just give the Lord praise today? Now, Here's how I want us to respond. We have our prayer team on both sides of the room. And if you need prayer for anything, they're here for you today. And they pray with you. You can slip out right now or even after service is over. But here's how I want you to respond right now. And that is this, like some of you are saying, well, pastor, what are you saying you want me to do? Do you want me to start a second story? Do you want me to start a music program for the kids? Hey, maybe, maybe the Lord would put that on your heart today. But maybe it's not a second story. Maybe it's not a uh, a music program for the kids, but maybe it's just to be a person that just says, God, my answer is yes. What do you want me to do to invest in the next generation? How do you want me to use my life? Maybe it's to say, hey, I'll serve once a month in, in the next gen in Life Kids. Or maybe it's to say, hey, I'll be an adult sponsor on Wednesday nights in LGY. Maybe it's to say, hey, for me, it's more than just serving once a month as a volunteer in Life Kids. Like I want to make an investment to be consistently in these kids' lives every single week. However, the Lord wants me to do that. Maybe it's saying, I will open up my home and have the small, the life, 
the LifeGate youth uh, small groups over to our house so they don't have to have it at the church where they can have it at our house. Or I will be a mentor to a student. Or I will, I will pick them up and take them to lunch. Like I will do whatever, God, whatever you want me to do. I'll give to the, to the project this year to make a dynamic experience for the kids. But here's the deal. I'm all in for the next generation. It's not just about me. I want to be thinking about what is the church going to look like even after I'm gone. I want to be someone who will pass off the baton to the next generation so that they can be disciples and know and love the Lord and not just my kids, but other kids. God, my answer to you is yes. That's all I want you to see today. That you would be a people who would just like when Nehemiah heard about how the walls were broken down. He sat down and he wept and he cried and then he prayed and he said, God, how can you use me? And he rose up and he went and rebuilt the walls. That you would be a people that would be just like Noah when God said, hey, I'm about to do something on the earth. He would say, yes, I'll build the ark. I'll look crazy. I'll do whatever you want me to do so that we can make sure that the next generation, come on, that my kids and the kids after that Like, I'm going to do my part to make a difference. That's all I'm asking you to do. 